rolling along with you on your workday routine. It's the Morning Tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Lindsey Brown. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Thanks so much for being with us here on this Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody, from the Morning Tailgate. It's Lindsey Brown and Vinny Bonsignor. I'm Clay Baker here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. We'll keep getting your thoughts on the text line, 702-365-9200, thoughtfully provided by the Dollar Loan Center. Eddie Borsilli joins us now, station director of Fight Nation here on Channel 156 on Sirius XM Radio. Follow him on X at Borisilli. Eddie, good morning to you. Thank you for being with us. All right, before we get any further on this, because it's Valentine's Day, can we just ask you a simple question? When did your love for the Raiders begin? <laughs> good morning, guys. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. My love for the Raiders began <clears throat> as a as a small child watching NFL films and watching Old Man Willie return an interception in the Super Bowl uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. I yeah. could probably pinpoint that day as the uh, the day I was in hook, line, and sinker. And, yeah, uh, that slow motion camera on him running with the ball, right? Uh, it was focused on his John face. F- John Facendo with the VO. I mean, there's nothing better. And then obviously Marcus Allen too. Seventeen Bob Trayovers. The Washington Redskins at the time, guys, those were uh, iconic moments. And, you know, as a, a young kid with the coolest jerseys in the world, it's hard not to uh, become a fan of silver and black. Eddie, we're, we're, you know, obviously um, when, it, when it comes to Valentine's Day, there's, there's you know, uh, some among us that are having great Valentine's Day, some among us that are, you know, uh, maybe not so much, um, whether they're in a relationship or not in a relationship. Um, and, and, so, and sometimes relationships can fizzle out. Sometimes they can be hurtful. Um, as much as they are, uh, you know, uh, gratifying. So as a sports fan, do you think it's possible when it gets too tough? Is it possible to ever really divorce yourself from a team that has embedded itself in your heart? I'm a big proponent, and I I say no to this. And I've had this come up a a couple times. I have these conversations with my son now where, you know, once you pick a team – when you're younger and you're four more years and you're, you're going through it, you know, that's your team for life, guys. Yeah. You know, and I understand, like, if you're, you know, you're family pressure and all that kind of stuff, but once you make that determination, like back in the day, guys, you know, as a baseball fan, I'm a Mets fan, but I like Frank Thomas, so I like mm-hmm. the White Sox. Like, you go through these little things, but when you make that determination, that's it. There's no, just because the, the chips are down, your team's not doing well, you jump ship. Those aren't real fans, guys. Those aren't fans that really, really love um, and cared for their, you know, baseball team, football team, whatever. We'll say football now, <clears throat> because if you really did, you don't abandon them. Because that's what makes the winning so much, you know, better when it happens. You know, just think about it. I know the Raiders have had down times here over the past, you know, couple decades here, but it's going to make the the wins more gratifying. It makes the playoff appearances more gratifying. And even though there's pain, you know, you look forward to those moments. And that's to me, that's what sports is all about. Sports is all about hope. You know, look at. Super Bowl was two days ago. Now we turn the page and everyone's like, okay, draft's coming. You know, that hope comes. And I think that's what, you know, separates it. And if you're a fan of a team, you know, whenever you're younger, whenever you fall in love with that football team, there's no falling out. You're, you're, in, that, you're in that relationship for life, for, for better or for worse. I'm a terrible fan by that definition, Eddie. I, I, I fit that to a T because uh, for me, it, it's conditional. And, 
And, and maybe it's because I don't love a team uh, because they win. I love a team because they make me feel like I, I need to be part of what they're doing. And sometimes winning is part of that, and that's great when it is. But it's not the main reason why and, and certainly not a reason for me to stick it out if they're not doing the right things. But uh, many people wrote uh, Tom Brady is, is the greatest of all time, right? But Eli Manning has two Super Bowls against him, right? Never beat him in the Super Bowl. Uh, Kyle Shanahan leads in the Super Bowl, another thorn in his uh, his side. What are some other thorns to a rose that come to your mind present in uh, the NFL right now? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I, I you could sit here as we are on Raider Nation Radio, and I think Andy Reid has been the ultimate thorn, and Patrick Mahomes has been the ultimate thorn in mm. the AFC West, the AFC, and the Raiders, uh, you know, since, since they've gotten there, whether it was Alex Smith before him or Patrick Mahomes now I think yet you have those thorns and it's hard, man. I, I saw a lot of comparisons now to you know to Kyle Shanahan, maybe like this generation's Marv Levy, you know, getting to the big game and not being able to to win. But I, I just honestly think, guys, since the success of, of Mahomes and Andy Reid, I mean, the Chiefs are the ultimate thorn to the AFC. There's been no one that could possibly take their mantle. There's been threats here and there. There's been teams that have gotten to the peak, but. For the most part, guys, the Kansas City Chiefs are the ultimate thorn, and they're going to be the ultimate thorn moving forward because Andy Reid's coming back, Travis Kelsey's coming back, Patrick Mahomes is coming back. You're going to have to deal with this team. And if it's the modern-day dynasty, I know we sit here and debate this and all that kind of stuff. You know, Patrick Mahomes is 28 years old. So I, I really think you know everyone's making the jokes now. We went from the Patriots to the Chiefs, but it's the truth. And for a long time, guys, the Patriots were the you know the evil empire and the thorn in everybody's side, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs have really taken that mantle not only in the AFC but in the NFL, and they're, you know, they're not going anywhere, guys, for, for a long, long time. So I mean, as a sports fan, as an NFL fan, this year proved it. Even when the Chiefs have a you know down year or a year that people don't think to most of them, they're still able to get a Lombardi Trophy. So they they are to me the, the ultimate thorn, and they're going to be for a long time to come. Eddie Borsilli here with us on the morning tailgate. Eddie with Sirius XM Radio. Then, yeah, just as a looking ahead, he's 28. Mahomes is 65 years old. Andy Reid. Could Mahomes achieve more titles if Andy Reid were to step down? Because there was some talk about that. There were some whispers about that after the regular season. I think, guys, I mean, if you asked me a couple years ago, we always talk about well, the best thing about sports is we talk about these records that – Oh, this will never be broken. That will never be broken. Cal Ripken, and so forth and so on. And when Tom Brady gets another championship with the Bucks, you're like, this guy's got so many Super Bowls. I don't think this is ever going to be toppled. But now you have Mahomes with three under his belt at 28 years old, and with Andy Reid. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, everybody speculates that Andy Reid could, you know, maybe step away. Why would he, guys? We're, you know, he's got you know the best quarterback in pro sports. He's got <clears throat> an established football team. They've mm-hmm. got a system. I mean, if I'm Andy Reid, you know, barring anything health-wise that he's he's doing okay health-wise, why would he go anywhere? I mean, he he could cement his legacy as the greatest coach of all time by coaching another, you know, five to six years, and and if, if they get a couple more Super Bowl titles, he's right up there. He's probably already right up there okay. in, in the top, you know, five to to seven coaches of all time right now. So to answer your question, I think if if Andy Reid decides after maybe the next Super Bowl that he's going to step away and not do it anymore. That's a good organization, guys. They're going to put someone in place. Patrick Mahomes knows that offense inside and out. And I know Andy Reid is you know, terrific in-game and all that kind of stuff, but you like to think they put someone in there that's been in that system for a long time and knows the things that Andy Reid wants to do, a la you know, Bruce Arians kind of stepping away <clears throat> and uh, you know, kind of still overseeing some stuff. I could see that scenario. But 
with that quarterback, guys, anything's possible. I, I just think they have, you know, they have the formula down. So if I'm Andy Reid, I'm not going anywhere, guys. Honestly, you could sit there and coach and, and do your thing with, with the best quarterback in the world and, and try to get a couple more titles. We're talking to uh, Sirius XM's Eddie Barcelli uh, on a uh, was it a Wednesday morning, and it is uh, Valentine's Day. You mentioned the quarterback, and uh, quarterback. when you talk about quarterback and you talk about the Raiders, I think it's going to be a storyline that dominates this offseason, um, and we are in the offseason officially uh, now, three days in. Uh, we, we saw some reports that uh, out of Boston that maybe the New England Patriots are open to trading their pick, which is number three overall. The Raiders draft at number 13 overall. If you're Tom Telesco and the Raiders and Antonio Pierce, what are you willing to give up uh, to potentially move into number three and, and draft one of those three top quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I still think this is the ultimate uh, scenario, Vinny, because it's like anything else. You identify your player. Okay, say it's you know all, all reports right now, and there's a lot of speculation about Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. just because of Antonio Pierce's connection and all that. So <clears throat> if you're willing to go up there and, and say, okay, you know, Caleb's going to go number one, Drake's going to go number two, we have to get the three to get this player. I think if you're willing to go up you know, to three, you should be willing to sacrifice anything. And when I say anything, it's mm-hmm. you're not going to give away every, you know, the, the, the entire farm and, and blow away an offer that teams not even have, but obviously these negotiations. But mm-hmm. if this is the player that you're going to target and identify and go up there, you have to be willing to say, okay, what's the bare minimum? Okay, is it two first-round picks? Is it three first-round picks? Is it two first-round picks and a player? There has to be, and there will be, you know, these obviously these conversations. Maybe there has been these conversations already. What is it going to take to get up there and do it? And I just think in today's, you know, NFL, if, if that's the player that you think could be the, the difference maker, you're not trading up to three, Vinny, to go up there and get, you know, I hate to use the word, the game manager. You're not going up there to get a guy that's just going to be another part of your offense. You're going up there that's, that's, to get a guy that's going to change your offense. That's exactly. going to change the way people look at football. So if you think that's Caleb Williams and the Bears listen to an offer, you know, you're trading almost anything to get up there because you think he could be the next Patrick Mahomes and get you there. If you think that player is Drake May or you think that's Jaden Daniels, but my point is if you're willing to go up that high and risk everything, you have to be willing to, to risk everything. You have to be like, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to give away these picks. I understand it's a lot, but this is the player that's going to help, you know, cure that. We can go up there and get a Jaden Daniels. We can go with that two first-round picks for a couple of years because he's going to be that difference maker. Mm-hmm. So I think you you have to be in lockstep. <clears throat> you know, you have to identify the player that you want. The, the draft is the ultimate craft shoot, guys. You know that. I mean, you could sit there and say, Caleb's going to go one, Drake's going to go two, and the time comes and the reports come out, and all of a sudden, Jane Daniels is jumping Drake May. Like, those things can happen. Mm-hmm. So going up to one, you know, you got the pick of the litter. You could do whatever you want. Going up to three, is it, is it a draft day trade? Is it you see how the chips fall? I know these things come out ahead of time, but, you know, it's, it's, when it comes to the draft, anything can happen. A couple years ago, you know, nobody thought Baker Mayfield would be the first pick of the draft. All of a sudden, Baker's the first pick of the draft. So, you know, you go up there, you identify your guy, and you do whatever it takes to get him on the roster. Uh, we're talking to Eddie Borsilli from SiriusXM. I know we haven't talked to you since uh, the hiring, or at least the official announcement of the hiring of Luke Getzey and, and what that means for this offense. And, and there's a lot of, I, I think, 
uh, unsureness because there was I think they tried to custom build around Justin Fields. So what is that going to look like here? And so on a scale of one to ten, how likely do you think the Raiders find a way to re-sign Josh Jacobs now that we know who's going to be running this offense and the importance that a- Antonio Pierce holds Josh Jacobs in, in accord? And what's the price point sweet spot in your mind to get him back? Yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult conversation, especially when it comes to that position. We've talked about it quite a bit. On this program, uh, I, when it comes to Luke Getzey, obviously the, the thing that jumps off the page to me is the relationship and the prior relationship with Devontae Adams. Devontae knows this coordinator. You know, he obviously is the wide receiver coach there in Green Bay. So I love the familiarity there with the best player, you know, on offense. So you get Devontae, you get a guy that Devontae knows, you know, they can work off each other, and that's all well and good. When it comes to Josh Jacobs, <laughs> I really think you have to, you know, identify it's not so much, unfortunately, the player himself. Do you think that you can get the same, um, you know, uh, stats and same things out of, you know, Zaneer White and maybe another running back in the draft and use that money to go elsewhere? I think you, you at first, have to figure out, okay, are we going to move on from Hunter Renfro? Are we going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? What's our cap situation? What are the glaring holes on this football team? And to me, even if you lose a Josh Jacobs, and we might come back to this day, guys, it might be there, but to me, the running back position is not a glaring you know, weakness on this football team. I still think you need some interior pass rush on defense. You're going to need another cornerback. Obviously, quarterback is, is the elephant room. <clears throat> some help along the offensive line. But it's really going to see what this running back market is. Is Josh and his team <clears throat> willing to go, you know, on, uh, they want a long-term deal. They want four years. Are the Raiders willing to go there? I think the price point's going to be, <clears throat> you know, in that, you know, 14 to $15 million, probably a little bit less. Are the Raiders willing to, to do that on a short-term deal to, you know, on the cap, the cap ramifications? So it's difficult. That we, I think we'd all love Josh Jacobs back. I think he'd fit well in a Luke Getzey system. The Bears were able to run the football really well with guys that are not in Josh Jacobs' categories as running backs, and Josh is still a young football player. So I think they'll do everything they can to, you know, to get this player back on the roster and see where it is. But I think when, when push comes to shove, if it was me, and you could see what you saw out of Demir White, and maybe there's a guy you have to identify as, as a free agent that's not going to cost a lot of money. And in the draft, you know, maybe you could use those things elsewhere and, and, for, and shore up some of, some of these other teams and kind of see the chips fall where they may when it comes to free agency. Would that mean uh, paying a little more money for somebody like Chris Jones if and when he becomes I mean, a free agent? <laughs> you're going to have to back up the Brinks truck for Chris Jones. This is, a, this is just a winning, winning football player. He is obviously a guy that plays his best when it, when it counts. You know, we've seen him disrupt games. He was a, a menace in the Super Bowl. He's going to want a lot of money, guys. He deserves a lot of money. You know, he had that contract situation with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got, <clears throat> getting close to 30 years old, but this, this is a guy that's a game record. Could you imagine, you know, pairing Chris Jones up with the Max Crosby on that defensive line? It's something and a player that I, I've been saying it while I'm blue in the face that the Raiders have not had maybe – in 30 years, a guy of Chris Jonesville. So if that's the player you want to go out and get and sign, I'm, I'm all for it. If the money means you know they, they lose a player like Josh Jacobs, unfortunately that's the business of it. But to get a guy like that on this Raider defense and to add to what they did last season could be a game changer heading into next year. Eddie, thanks again for your time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week, man. Have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Appreciate Thank the you. time. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. Uh, Eddie Borsilli, Sirius XM, Channel 156, Fight Nation. All right, to get number three, to go up to pick number three, you know, he brought up an interesting scenario. Like, what if things start to change where uh, people kind of sour on Drake May and after the combine they push, 
uh, you know, a guy like Jaden Daniels up as your proverbial number two pick. Do you still go after that number three pick if you feel like if Jaden Daniels was your guy and you know that Washington's going to get him instead? Do you wait until draft day to start pushing moves and start pushing buttons on this stuff? No, I think you start doing that. Well, first of all, you have to you have to take a look at these three quarterbacks, and I don't think they're quite there yet. And that's mm-hmm. what the scouting combine is going to be for. That's what pro day is going to be for. And then you know you'll start talking if if you. I think for the Raiders, it's going to have to be you fall in love with all three and be okay with all three, and okay. then trade up to number three. Okay. W- right. Rather than you know, um, I, I I think it feels like the odds are it'll be Jaden Daniels at number three just because of what's going to happen ahead of them. So if you are deeply in love with Jaden Daniels, then you're okay with paying whatever the price is to go to number three. But you're also, okay, if it's Drake May, we're good with that. Or if it's Caleb Williams and somehow it, it the, the order gets reversed, we're okay with that. So you have to be okay with all three um, in order to make that kind of a move. And I think that they would be. Now it's just going to be, you know, the the, the question is going to be what, what that price is ultimately going to be. This is like this conflictedness because you trade up to get your guy, right? Your guy, the guy, but all three of these guys could be our guy. Yeah, I think this is like, a- that's what it feels like. We we trade up to be our guy, but it also could be this guy too if this guy gets moved. So I'm like, well, well then what is it? I think yeah, are they all a- rated the same way, right? Because uh, yeah. they're not the same quarterback. There's no way that they're all three. And honestly, there's no way that all three are going to be are going to turn out that way. I, I I do think that this has a real chance to be a Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert type of a thing. Hmm. And I think I think. Um, yeah, the, the, the Oklahoma slash Alabama quarterback. Jalen Hurts was also in that draft. Tua was in that draft. So I think it's I think it's more toward that than the Trubisky, that guy, the, you know, uh, the, those type of uh, uh, drafts. I think that this is one of those kind of drafts. And obviously you have to be convict uh, or, or have a conviction that, that it is. Otherwise you don't make those trades. If you have mm-hmm. any sort of doubt, you don't. Um, you know, uh, uh, he, he brought up a, a great point, point about, not being able to divorce yourself from the team that you ultimately fall in love with. And the more I think about it, the more I think of there's only two things that you don't necessarily you, in life we turn our backs on things all the time, don't we? Mm-hmm. Spouses, jobs, um, whatever the case, but we could just walk away. We walk away with, you know, sometimes it hurts deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, but you but but we do that all the time. We just reverse course in so many different situations in our life. There's two things I think. And this is what makes sports so unique that you don't do that to. That's family and sports. Like that's why I think it's less of a relationship like a spouse or a girlfriend with a sports team as it is your family. It just becomes kind of your family. And how do you walk away from your family? You just don't, unless somebody just gives you every reason. They're a murderer. They're you know uh, they're, they're always in jail. They're a, a you know they, they're a spouse beater. Something like that. You know, obviously that's a whole different situation. Leaves very few. But general, but but general, not my you know. Okay, but in most, hopefully, in most families, you don't have to deal with that kind, of, that that level of, you know, hey, I I got to, and yes, there there are, there are some family members, a cousin, a second cousin, where you're out of my life. Like mm-hmm. I don't I I don't condone anything that, that, that you're doing. So therefore, I'm talking about like I'm talking about from sports teams though. It's like yeah. if if you want to talk about like the moral dilemma of of rooting for something where there's people flawed people because we're all humans. It's just there's certain flaws that I'm willing to accept, and there's certain flaws that I'm not willing to accept. Right. To and me, from that's a, controllable. From a from a player perspective, yes, right. you can, you turn your back on your pl- on players all the time. Right. But well, I'm or, talking or about the, the team, team that continues to pick the players that make these decisions yeah and uh, or that are these types of characters I, i'd have to see the examples of those teams like what teams are you talking are we talking about we, i'm i don't want to get yeah. into that today. like i don't know like i don't know like none of my teams have been in that kind of a situation where they continually draft 
knuckleheads, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so if that were the case, then maybe I would have to make a decision. I don't know the example of that, and and that would be a good example of what that would be a reason to divorce yourself. But I'm, but we're more talking about uh, teams that let you down in the playoffs, teams that their their season wasn't that good. They, they didn't win the whole the big thing, but mm -hmm. you but once they're in your blood, like I I lived that with the, with the Mets. They don't win all the time. Right. They have periodic runs. And and but I keep coming back. I, I cannot say I'm never going to be a Met fan again. I just can't. right. I also think that a lot of this conversation is predicated on the assumption that everybody grew up a sports fan. Well, mm. like yeah, what if right. what if I yeah. just found sports now? Like mm -hmm. I was literally getting in an argument with my cousin last night because we're talking about Taylor Swift and and I'm pushing back on on some of the apprehension with them because I'm trying to find the sourcing of this of like where this this uncomfortability with. Uh, having her there, maybe it's her specifically, Taylor Swift. Maybe it's women. Maybe it, it, it's whatever. A lot but, of it's politics now. Well, yeah, and a lot of it's. Well, I I don't like to my my experience to be disrupted, and this facade that we believe that we we shouldn't be interrupted. Selfishness. Right? It, it right, but it's 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 a facade. We buy into it, and and that's where this with with sports with teams, and and I think this is what makes me different is that. I don't I don't pedestalize. I don't use sports for my 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 spiritual gathering. I'm, I'm not committed to it in that level. And and I'm OK with that. Other people say you're not as hardcore a fan. I, that's exactly because I don't care about winning. I really don't. I really I genuinely don't. Because winning is just something that happens that sometimes you earn, but it's not the reason why I get up or why I cheer for someone or, or whatever. What ma makes you win? I'm like, great. That's like one aspect. And of I think sports proves that that it's not always about winning because we the the Mets don't win. Right. Yet I'm all and me and millions of other people. Like I don't know how many millions, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Millions of other fans keep coming back, and it's so it's not about winning. That's that you're right about that. Right. The winning is the payoff ultimately. Like and and. Periodically, 1996. I go back to 1996. That was a great moment, but there's been more, way more kind of bad moments than there are good moments. But I don't care. That's my team, and I love it. And I love going through the right. the journey with them. I, I, I the the ups, the downs. You know, you feel a part of it. So, um, and yeah, there's obviously there's people that just aren't sports fans, and we're not really necessarily talking to well, them. And, but that's the thing that that's allowed, and you're allowed to come and go as you please and totally. still be worthy and legitimate and all of that. And, and stuff. that doesn't make you less of a, a lover, no, I think. It, I just think it makes you a, a different interactor with it. Exactly, and that's yeah, why I say it, a team. It wasn't your center point. It didn't, right. it didn't center your soul right. that way. And, and Most I, people don't grow up like that. I, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't care that much. Yeah. I and can't. That's, and that's fine. I can't. I try so hard. I yeah. try so hard. I'm like, I can't I believe in this. Like, all this, this shows this, this shows this. Look how happy it is. And I can't do it. Right. I can't do it. And it sucks. And that's, com and that's completely fine. And what I, I guess that's why I always preface it. Once it gets embedded in your heart, you'll, you know, and I, and that's happened to me. I would imagine it's happened to Clay. All of our listeners, that's mm -hmm. obviously happened to them 100%. because they're, they're, they're Raider fans and it's in their blood and there's nothing that they can do at this point to really right. walk but away from everybody that. finds the nation at some point. Yeah. Sometimes you're young, sometimes you're older and sometimes you're, you're all in from an early set and sometimes you dabble and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? This is, this is the community I want to be part of and I want to commit and go all in. Yeah, when you're old enough just, to make choices like we, that. We don't yeah. need a, this isn't a, a ride that you, you can only hop on if you're four feet tall. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And like fans. Love is limitless, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you, if you can come back to it, it's going to be there for you. You can pop in and out anytime. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll get you 
your thoughts up on the text line as well as on the phones. 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. Really quick, we talk about our good friends over at Dos Cotas Tequila. If you're in Las Vegas, run, don't walk. Run over to Total Wine. Uh, they've got uh, all your uh, favorite Dos Cotas brands. Uh, go check them out at Total Wine here in Las Vegas. If you're not in Las Vegas, don't worry about it. Go to doscotasspirits.com, punch in the code word kickoff and get 20% off your next online purchase of Dos Cotas Tequila. Thanks for being with us here on The Morning Tailgate. Play Lindsay Vinny and your calls at 702-365-9200. We're asking you on this Valentine's Day about love and uh, maybe your attraction and love with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then how does that get tested? I'm sure there was some testing involved when you lose 3 nothing to Minnesota. And then four days later, you fall back in love again when you set a franchise record for 63 a, points. A true seesaw relationship <laughs> week right? uh, that moment of time was. But it's like we clock, we clock time with the times we were in love uh, in our lives, with our teams, how it gets tested. What do you guys think? 702-365-9200. Guys and girls, 702-365-9200. We'll get out to the phones and we'll read some texts. Mark in Colorado, thanks for doing it. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good, awesome, thanks. Mark. Excellent. Good. I can... I can pinpoint the moment I think I fell in love with the nation. That was growing up as a kid in, in Seattle. I had endure the kingdom, but November 30th, 1987, six, sitting in Section 202 and watching Bo Jackson take that thing around the end, 91 yards down the, down the row, and looking at everybody else around that stadium, <laughs> their faces when they saw that speed, when everybody saw that speed, I, they just witnessed something that was superhuman and natural. Mm-hmm. And then they knew the rest of that game was going to be a very <laughs> – very long night. I knew that then I was I was a huge Raider fan from that point on. So I I loved that portion of ah, it. But I was curious about you guys' take on one thing because I was watching this the other day, and I don't know if you guys talked about it, but the the pivot interview with AP mm. mm-hmm. that was probably the best free agency marketing material and getting the nation to fall back in love with the Raiders as a whole that I've seen in a long time. And I just curious about you guys' take on that. Yeah, you hope it is. You hope it is something that attracts not only elite free agents, but gives a better understanding of where the direction of this team's going. Because Antonio Pierce was allowed to speak freely about himself, about what he thinks about his team, his philosophies. And boy, did he. And it was like, it's stacked. I mean, we Lindsay and I went through the interview yesterday. We tracked a lot of good stuff. We'll play it throughout the, uh, the shows this week. But it's at the same time, like, uh, what does that resonate for everyone else around the league, especially if you're a player at an elite level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that uh, it always comes down to money, uh, basically. So, but but money being even, I think that players will want to play with Anto- for Antonio Pierce. Like there are some situations. Um, I remember an NBA player telling me one time the Miami Heat with uh, Pat Riley. He loved Pat Riley, mm-hmm. but Pat Riley's practices were notoriously hard. Like it's, and he's like, we've heard. He's like, <laughs> he was like, man, I'm 33 years old. I'm not doing those wind sprints anymore. Yeah. I don't care what the money is. So, although it, it it brings up a good point because Travis Kelsey was talking about how the Chiefs' practices are arguably the hardest practices practices in the NFL. The mm-hmm. hardest practices in the NFL. And it goes back. They're more physical. They're more um, taxing. And I, I have a feeling that Antonio is going to bring a little bit of that uh, to the Raiders because it's at those moments where you build the resiliency to deal with the kind of moments that you're going to ultimately face going on the road. And it sucks, and mm-hmm. it's tough, and you're probably cussing your coach under your breath uh, the whole way through. Every damn minute. But ultimately, it pays off. And I think you have to – somebody of, of, of Andy Reid – like, there's no questioning Andy Reid. Like, if you're a player, A, if you're a player and he's telling you what to do, you're going to listen because he's had all this great success. But then you also you see Travis Kelsey doing it and Patrick Mahomes doing it. And what are you going to do as the 53rd player or the 90th player in training camp 
then emulate what those guys, if they're doing it, I got to do it. And it, and it does suck. And it, it, it does take, uh, you know, you're, you're paying a price. But I think it's needed as well. It's so ne- It is yeah. the necessity. And it's suffering. To, of course. That's suffering. what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what life is. That's what love is. That's To get to any place, that's a given. Jul- and and it's not a given that you're going to get what you want out of it either. That's the hard part about it. Because there there might not be the same level of practices across the NFL to the to the same degree of Andy Reid's. But if everybody did that, there's still only one winner. You know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have been listening. Julian Edelman does a great podcast now. He's, he does. he's really good. And so, and I've been listening to a lot of them, and he was talking about um, the Super Bowl where they played the Falcons. Remember the one they, they fell behind mm-hmm. 28 to whatever? It had to go to over. It was the only other overtime mm-hmm. Super Bowl other than uh, on, on Sunday. And the week of practice, he's, he was, he was, he was uh, painting a picture of Bill Belichick, and he, he, at practice, he, he, uh, you know, rolls his, his whistle. Mm-hmm. He's always twirling his whistle. And he had them running hills that week. Like, he goes, I don't know if he was, it was an innate thing with Bill that particular week, but he pushed us harder than we'd been pushed almost all season. We're running hills. The last two practices of the season, we're like, what the, you know. Yeah. The, at the end of that game, we had more endurance than they, than they had. And, mm-hmm. and we were all thinking about the practices that we had and how hard he pushed us. We're in the Super Bowl, and he's pushing us like it's training camp right now, mm-hmm. and it paid off. Even though, again, you grumble about it, sometimes – it's needed and it's required, and mm-hmm. it ends up being what ultimately helps you win the game. Seven zero two three six five nine two zero zero is the number. More calls. Las Vegas, the site. Raider sixty six. Who do you love, Raider sixty six? When did that happen to you, man? <laughs> oh man, it goes back a long time. But uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody! I just wanted to wish Raider Nation that, and especially my uh, wonderful wife Alma. She puts up with me uh, every day, you know, doing this thing. And, and Vinny, I, I know what your dad was going through because between work and listening to Raider Nation Radio, there is neglection of mm-hmm. my wife at times. And, and I took today off work to spend time with her. Here I am on the radio. But actually, I'm, I'm letting her sleep in because she's got some medical issues and some days she doesn't get to sleep much. But, uh, you know, but my day was kind of ruined a little bit. I turned on NFL Network and learned that the Chiefs parade is today. And, uh, you know, just kind of took a little the the sting off of it and they already have a term if they do complete the three-peat it's called hat trick mahomes and i just uh, yeah i i think that's a little presumptuous and it just really kind of uh, bothers me but my situation uh, more to, to Lindsay's point you know about people that don't know about sport don't care about sports that was me when i was nine years old uh, we moved to california from south dakota and I knew nothing about sports. As a matter of fact, if you said, what's a quarterback, I'd say it's the change you get back from a dollar when you spend 75 cents. <laughs> I, I knew nothing about sports. And uh, and in the local paper, it was uh, training camp time. They had articles on the Niners and the Raiders. And I saw that logo. A nine-year-old boy looking at a shield with a pirate and cross swords and that Raiders across it. It was blind love. I said, that's my team. I knew nothing about I knew, knew nothing about them. Didn't know if they were good, bad, awful, nothing. And that was my team. And then I stayed up on as much as I could learning about them. And, you know, I was very fortunate at that time. That's when they started to ascend and became the iconic and great teams in NFL history. And so all of this time now waiting for that resurrection, and I think AP is the guy to lead us there, it's been frustrating and it's been tough. But uh, I give uh, Dan from San Diego, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of credit because I don't think I could do it. You know, when you're all invested in a team 
and then say, you know what, I'm done with you guys because you just don't get it. But I must say that he couldn't have picked a better team as his exactly. uh, choice. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, the situation is, uh, you know, the love affair of, of back and forth. It, it comes and goes, and then you brought up the perfect, you know, five days, uh, and I think uh, your paper went uh, zero to 60. Great headline. Uh, you know, you get no points, and then several days later, you just fall in love again. But, but that's that's uh, my story from '66. I, I'm the, th- the kind of guy that just sticks with things. You know, yeah. next month I'll be married 20 years. Next month I'll be in my my job 34 years, mm. and it's 59 years as a Raider fan. And I I say I loved every minute of it. But it is that thing of the anticipation. I'm the eternal optimist when it comes to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Next year is always going to be the year we're back on topic. And with AP there, I mean, you just hear him talk, and you just know that he is an old soul. He's bringing us back to the old Raider values when we were on the top of the mountain. And that's what I look forward to this next year. Thank you guys for the time. Have a great day, and go Raiders. Oh, and happy Valentine's Day to you and your lovely wife, Alma. I hope she has a great day, and uh, it's awesome that you took the day off to be with her. Yeah, the second she wakes up, yeah, leave us alone, okay? <laughs> I'm not typically someone who says, listeners, uh, just take some time away from us, but the great thing is that we have technology. You could podcast it later. You can always do it at LVSportsNetwork.com. So, hold hands, skip, do all of that, because uh, love is the best thing in this life, and it's worth taking a day off for. And, you know, true love is also understanding that it's not always going to be perfect, mm-hmm. that there are going to be, you know, struggles and, um, you know, uh, difficulty and, and, and all of those uh, types of things. And if we want to circle it back to a, to a, to a sports sense, you know, um, you know, why, why fans do stick it out with their teams is that, you know, you, you, you I, I guess there's this, this faith that they're, they're, they're trying to win too. And, and, you know, if you're mm-hmm. a Raider fan, um, I can, I can, I believe I can say this um, with, with, uh, with, with, with no hesitation. Mark Davis wants to win. Has he gotten it right? No. Um, were there mistakes? Have there been mistakes? Yes. But even if you, if you disliked, let's say, the, the Josh McDaniels hire, there was decent reasoning behind that. You know, he's Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. Other teams wanted him. Um, he's this offensive guru. Uh, that's what he felt like he needed. He needed that winning pedigree. It didn't work. But that doesn't mean that because you make a mistake – you're not trying your hardest, um, and I and I do think you could say that about Mark. I know you can say that about Mark Davis. So that even if the even when the decisions fail or don't work out, the earnestness was there and the conviction was there and the want to win. Nothing burns him more than wanting to win, and eventually they'll get it right. Maybe it is with Antonio Pierce and whoever they draft at quarterback or bring in at quarterback, and it's all going to be great, and they're going to be the team that topples the Chiefs. I know that's what Raider fans. Uh, are hopeful for, uh, but but I don't think you have to wonder if the owner is all in or not. He no. he absolutely is, and I think Raider Nation gets that. All right, we'll keep our thoughts coming on the text line, 702-365-9200. We'll take a break. We'll come back with a quick conversation we had with a fascinating guest from Radio Row, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V joins us here on The Morning Tale. Marcus Johnson joins us at 9 o'clock from Tape Don't Lie on YouTube. We'll go over some Raiders thoughts and questions, as well as get your thoughts as well on the text line, 702-365-9200, as we're really excited to have his fascinating guest, Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of Vayner Sports and Vayner Media, sits down with us, a man who is you know, so much uh, an influencer and creator of content, but definitely a leader among Super Bowl ad agencies, and we're really happy to have you with us. 
We got a lot of questions. Are you prepared for this? I'm always prepared for questions. All right. Yeah, this guy is a producer of many of things. Clay Baker, chairman of VaynerX, CEO of VaynerMedia. You have a, one of the biggest Super Bowl ad agencies in the world at Vayner Sports. Very excited. Uh, and, and I do want to talk about this trading card collection thing that yes, you do, please. right? Because my, I often joke about my retirement plan being that my holographic collection of Pokemon cards. It's a very small Smart. deck. It's a very small deck, Gary. But what's the most elusive card that you're still chasing? That's a great question. I, there, I'm going to go very nerdy. I apologize. Do it. There is a, a Topps test set. Before Topps made basketball cards, they had a test set. Or, and like a prototype? Yeah, kind of like a prototype okay. set that has like an incredible, 19, I think it's 1968 Topps test. Because they made cards in 57, then they didn't make it for a while. Right. Fleer mm-hmm. made it in 61, and they came back in 1970. But in 1968, there's a test set. And that... <laughs> is a really interesting thing that I want to collect. Okay. What did you think about the Topps collections of like the old Rocky movies and stuff like that in the 70s? Loved. Yeah. Amazingly good. Amazingly good. Gary V with us here, chairman of VaynerX, CEO of VaynerMedia. What is the one thing you want to see coming out of this Super Bowl? Uh, a commercial that makes people actually buy things. I'm a businessman. <laughs> And so they make a lot of commercials for fun, but making commercials that actually make people buy things, that's a good commercial. And so that's what I'm looking for. What was the last commercial that made you buy something? Probably the Diet Pepsi commercial from 1989 that had Sidney Crawford in it that made right. me a man. I remember watching it. I'm like, wait a minute, I want to drink Pepsi, Diet Pepsi. And I got to think the, the market for sports agents and agencies couldn't be more competitive these days, especially with, with college sports being yes. the state that it is. And, yes. And you probably have a whole recruiting process at, at Vayner Sports. So how do you go uh, about that part of the business of recruiting? We just, we just explain to people what we bring to the table. We're so strong on off the field yeah. that we get a lot of guys now because all these athletes want to make money as businessmen and marketers outside of the field. Always. We have a huge advantage in that, and that's why we've exploded. All right, I know you got to go, but real quick, uh, I have a ton of Topps baseball sets from the entire decade of the 1980s. What's worth more, those 10 sets or a big pile of horse crap? It's <laughs> 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 true. It just depends. Depends on how many people agree. It depends right? on the horse crap. Because if enough people agree and say the horse crap is a very valuable thing, you could sell that. Ah. Just ask the pet rock guy. Made millions. It made made millions. millions with that rock farm. Uh, I also was going to ask him about the word disruptive mm-hmm. and what it meant to him because, like, he would, I think, cl- classify himself as a disruptor. He is, too. And yeah. uh, I was curious to see how that, that answer was going to go because I feel like that's basically the elevator pitch. Right? Because how do you differentiate yourself? Maybe that's a redundant question that I was asking with him about how do you recruit people to, you know, come to your agency? How do you do that? Uh, you I differentiate mean, like, yourself. And also, like, what are the personality traits of other disruptors? D- facts. Fa- yeah. Maybe that would have been it. Like, how do you identify other disruptors? Ooh. See? We could have, like, we should see? have a back now that we, we have the questions we've gone through the interview and we've even reviewed some of the questions that we didn't even get to ask. Gary, before we let you go, uh, did Tops actually get saved by the garbage pail kids of the mid and late 1980s? <laughs> I know this is a tough question. We got tough questions here, <laughs> Gary. Tough questions. I was <laughs> I was gonna ask about. Um... I know my mom threw out a bunch of baseball cards. Oh, oh yeah, accidentally. Accidentally. Yeah. Oh, it just happened to go into that uh, giant furnace. It just fell. Oh, God. Right <laughs> into the chipper. A, it was I, right I, the debris of uh, bowling trophies and baseball cards. I had a great collection too. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere, it's somewhere in some land. The Gil Hodges a baseball egg. card. Had a Hank Aaron. A nest egg that got sacrificed for some morning scramble. 
Sometimes, oh. sometimes survivability wins I, out, right? I'm still big on your on your retirement plan with those cards. Yeah, I, I think I remember where I put them. So I, I have like in a, in a specific box. I need to get a safe. Yeah, and he was, right? I should ask him where he keeps his important cards. Like, what's what's the security protocol? Yeah, is it the safe in the house, or of are you, you go to a bank that you understand they, they'll put in the safety deposit trunk? Hi, and do it's you safe have forever? to apply? Do you have to have like a certain credit limit to be able to get a safety deposit box of that caliber? Yeah, to like to have the. Do like, I have to have savings? Because I don't have any. <laughs> like literally zero dollars. I have a Fort Knox account with crustables in it. That's my, what I have. My favorite thing from like three years ago is when one of my former teammates who now works in investing wanted to set up a meeting with me along with her boss, you know, to help plan my financial future. And I was just like, are you sure? Like, I, I don't really make that much. And, and it's really, and went through the meeting because, mm-hmm. you know, she's got to get practice. Yeah, they get a spiel going. Yeah. At the end. She's like, you know, I, this has been really great to reconnect and stuff, but I just, I think we're going to have to circle back I'm like, oh, there's not enough there, is there? Oh. Yeah, I guess financial I, no, planning no, sir, I, it requires financials. It's called more. <laughs> it's called more. I can't even dabble. I can't even play with this. It's like you almost have to have a, when you talk to a financial planner, you and I, we have to find somebody that has a kind heart. You know, yeah. that will at least try to like help us maybe like find a plan to actually we can have this conversation in a year now and maybe see where we're at. Right. Well, and I don't think there's a facade anymore where it's like, you work in sports, you have to be making massive amounts of cash because everybody else sees the tweets of all the layoffs and all the different things. So it's just kind of like once you actually put the the number to the profession, you're just like, oh, I have a, wow. a, a friend who does that for NBA players and um, his his what his service is, is um the, your money goes to him, and he invests it, right? Yeah. And he says to you, the first question he has for you is, "How much money do you need on a monthly basis to survive?" And he told, and he says to them, "Be outrageous if you have to. I don't just. I'm not judging. I just really want to know, like, how much money you're going to need each month to fit your lifestyle. Um, and so, let's, let's say it's twenty thousand dollars a month, fifty thousand dollars a month, a hundred thousand, whatever spectrum they're on on their contract. He says, "Okay, that's what I'm going to give you a card." With that amount of money on it each month, and that's all you get. And to get anything more, you're going to have to fight and and and, yeah. and and claw it to me because I'm going to then take the rest of it and put it into you know whatever the investments to make sure that right. this is capital that I'm working right. with. We could be making more money with this money that you leave over here with me. Why do you need it? And and exactly and uh, and some some of the some of the players that come to him um, have already lost a lot of money, and so they they're they've. They're like, hey, I need, I really need help. You know, obviously, I need, I need a stickler. Help. And so, um, it, first of all, you don't need eight cars. You don't need five houses. You know, all of that type of stuff. It, it, it he, he gets it to a reasonable. You have to say no to people. Yeah, you, it, it gets to a reasonable place um, in terms of all that. But for him, um, where, where, where the some of the joy that he finds in it and satisfaction that he finds in it is when a guy will be going to get his oil change when his car. Should I do the? Should I do the? Uh, you know, synthetic, synthetic two hundred dollar one, or he's, am I going to be okay with that? And, and he's like, <laughs> "Yes, you're fine, but that's great thinking." Now that you're you're starting to be a stickler for things like, should I be doing this? Is this a wise purchase right here? Mm-hmm. And calling him to find, you know, and that's where you okay, whoo, we're on the right track uh, here. Uh, but yeah, can you imagine? This is your credit card. That's it. It's all you get this month, and have fun. Do whatever you want. But that's all you get for this month. So just, just remember that. Yeah. Budgeting, yes. Wow. Let's start at the beginning of the month and budget this thing out. <laughs> Hooray! Well, when you have millions, it's hard to budget because you, you just—it's always there. It's always available, but you're just going through it 
and then the next check you blow through that one, and then the next one, and the uh, next one. Yeah, it's like and Akbar. It's easy to do. It's Akbar easy B- to do. Basha B. Amila told us like yeah. how you spend ten bucks is how you're going to spend of a million. Course. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Marcus Johnson. Tape don't lie. Let's go.